Vegas Fever Podcast, take two. Uh, Jason and Paula here with you from the bed. We, not like that, okay? We are not feeling good. So we're going to do uh, kind of an old school method. So when, when our show first started, we used to just kind of uh, take the phone and, and, and sit and just do it together. We've advanced, you know, since then. But we are uh, reverting back to this method because we don't feel good. Like ever. Shocking, right? I think that's not the first, second, or third time that I think we've said that, that we don't feel good. But here we are pushing through to give you guys, uh, anyone who listens to us, some content about Golden Knights, UNLV, etc. I wanted to push... Uh, well, first off, let's let's throw it to Paula. <laughs> Go away. Okay. That's how she feels right now. Now, she she's here. She's in spirit. She's supporting, but not going to get a ton of content from her today. Sorry about that, guys. It's just me that you're going to be, well, mainly that you're going to be hearing <laughs> hearing from. Uh, whenever you hear from Paula, she'll be most likely coughing. Um, so much kind of going on. It kind of started with um, Golden Knights. Who the hell got hurt first? I think Mark Stone. It had to be Stone because he always gets hurt. Okay, so Mark Stone, um, babe, they think it's the back that he just got surgery on, and they they don't know. Some NHL insiders are reporting that it's the back, and he's going to get more word, um, but we will probably not know anything um, unless it's through these type of insiders because the team isn't really going to state – what's really going on, but stone, the surgically repaired back. When you start messing with the back, um, this is, this is usually what happens. Um, it's not a one, two, three, four, five time fix. It's just, it just never ends. And unfortunately it didn't really look like much had happened. Um, he had taken a shift. I, I, I think maybe, I mean, he did take a shit, you know, basically on, you know, possibly the season. I don't know. We'll have to see about that. But, um, he was on the ice. Nobody could really figure out exactly when it happened, and then he was gone. And that's not good because that means that it happened so quickly and easily. And he had been playing majority of the year. So, I mean, it was just, you know, expiration date. And then, of course, you know, Will Carrier and then Alec Martinez in back-to-back-to-back games. So all three of these guys, the Golden Knights were down to five injuries, and it was amazing. Because it was the least amount of injuries since like before the beginning of last year. And then all of a sudden, now we're back up to eight on the shelf um, for Vegas. Um, Hopefully have more news, you know, about those guys going forward. Uh, The Golden Knights are going to need these guys because I can see an exact uh, replica of last year happening. Because, you know... The 500-plus man games loss is what cost the Golden Knights. If they would have had 400-plus man game loss, they would have been in the playoffs. They missed the playoffs by, what, four points, three points, something like that. So it was just that – it is so crazy how they were able to get close um, under Pete DeBoer. And we'll talk about Pete DeBoer and his return in just here in a little bit. Um, wanted to break in and remind you that the Vegas Fever podcast is brought to you by Inside the Rink, uh, insidetherink.com. Check them out more. Uh, lots of shows, lots of content. Uh, on the up and up on the rise. So check them out over there uh, at in, inside underscore at underscore rank. Um, actually, sorry, at inside underscore the underscore rank. Thank you. If I can get it 
Um, right. Okay. So I have uh, n- not, that's not the knob that you would think. Um, apparently my knee is knob shaped. That's not, not, not that knob. Look, anyway, here we go. Um, Golden Knights take care of the Florida Panthers. Um, and that is the game Stone got hurt in. The next game, Will Carrier got hurt. But before he did that, he put in a, a goal basically with his own body. Um, and it was allowed to count. It was the third of three reviews that were done in this game uh, between the Panthers and the Golden Knights. Um, Carrier was pushed into the goal and the puck went in off of him. So that is a good goal. Um, it, w- it was a crazy, crazy game. Golden Knights came back, won that game. Next game, lose to Edmonton and uh, Connor McJesus, as they call him, uh, around the NHL parts. It, you could see that there wasn't really much of a carryover from the Florida game to the Edmonton game. I'm not saying the Golden Knights didn't play hard because they did, but they they couldn't stop Edmonton, and you know, which was unfortunate. Um, it was it, it was close. But not like the Florida game. It's kind of weird. So you got to come. You got to come back in the Florida game, and then you. It doesn't carry over into the Edmonton game. And then what happened against and um, Will Carrier got hurt too in that game. So what happens against Dallas? You've got this big. I'm confused. What are you confused about? Well, I'm going game by game by game. I mean, you know, so you had you had Florida and then you had Edmonton and and now the most recent game, um, which was against who the hell was that against? Who who did they just play? Who did they just play? Yeah, Pete. That's right. Pete, well, not Pete DeVore, but. No, no, but that was that was good enough to get me where I wanted to go. Dallas Stars. I just had a freaking brain malfunction. Yeah, malfunction. Um, Dallas Stars come in here. It's a real big emotional night for Pete DeBoer. He was very gracious before the game, thanking the organization and Bill Foley and the players for making his time there well, well worth it. Paula was not impressed. Um, there was a video tribute. I asked her if there would be one. She said probably, and she was right because they just video tribute everybody around here and in the, in sports, apparently. Um, DeBoer very well liked in around the fan base, I think for the most part. It, 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 was, it was rough at first, but I think that he was able to, with a couple of conference final appearances, kind of smooth it over. I thought that DeBoer was a good hire at the time. I don't think it worked out. I don't. Th- I think he rode Robin Leonard, which we'll talk about as Why well. Are you circling the strain for which strain? About freaking Pete DeBoer. Because it was Red. his. He came back. His team was very emotional to get Pete the win, and they did it for nothing. And they shut out the Golden Knights for the first time in fifty-one games. I believe that was the fourth longest home winning streak in the NHL. And it's it's gone now. Um, I, I feel like whenever a former player or coach comes in here, I feel like they get the best of Vegas. Uh, Ger- what was that? Gerard Gallant earlier. Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, oh, how can we forget um, Matthias Janmark with the Oilers? He scored in like 10 seconds. Yeah, right, right out of the gate. And then the Oilers scored right after that. So – 
before it was two minutes into the game, it was two nothing already. And that's where kind of the carryover from that big high from the Panther game didn't carry over. But what I'm saying is, is that you don't have, um, there's not much of a fight. It seems like when former players and coaches come in and that's something that Nick Haig, we, we, you know, we peeked at the post-game press conferences uh, when they were talking to Nick Haig and Paula thought he was terrible. But what I got from it is he kept saying that they lacked effort and energy and he kept saying stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like that might've not been the exact word, but they just weren't ready to play. And I don't understand that. I don't understand how a group of men who gets paid and look, I don't have to go out there 82 times a year. Okay. But I mean, are you always ready to work? No, but when it comes down to getting the job done, I, I will, but I'm not, it's not a physical. Yeah. But sometimes it's, you know, half ass. Really? Oh, you must be talking about the golden Knights. So or, me or are you talking about me? on your job every damn day i doubt it i do very close i do more i i am closer <laughs> i am closer than the golden knights were last night uh, i can tell you that i don't got to lace up the skates okay and get out there and get my ass kicked for 60 minutes of game time every two to three days i understand that but what we're seeing right now from the golden knights is um pathetic it doesn't show a team that's in what was in first place have to change what we're talking about now because the Golden Knights were knocked out over these last couple of games of the top of the Pacific and the top of the West. They were knocked out by Dallas in the West, who overtook them last night with 60 points to the Golden Knights 59. And now you've got in the West, you know, I think Seattle, if I'm not mistaken, is percentage points ahead. Yes, yeah, Seattle. That team that was garbage last year is ahead, and then you've got the Kings right there, and it, it doesn't it doesn't stop. You know, it is an unforgiving gauntlet, which makes the Stanley Cup so hard to win. Which it makes you know you respect Tampa Bay for being able to get there three times and win two because this is this is really hard, and the Golden Knights have been set up structurally in the organization to make that run every year, but only if they're healthy. I mean, this is the crossroad of this point of the season right here. We're at we're at a big four-way stop. Which way are we going? I mean, if the injuries keep coming and the Golden Knights have to use players from Henderson who haven't been exactly the greatest this year, it's going to be the same crap. Um, and we're going to be here in the middle of April not talking about um, playoff hockey uh, for the Golden Knights, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, Rebel Hockey Hot uh, as well. I believe they did take a couple of games uh, this past weekend. First games for Rebel Hockey in 2023, and they continue to do what they do best, which is win. Now I believe what's going to happen is they're going to come out east to Virginia and take on the Liberty Flames, who took a couple of games from them, I believe, um, in – God, I want to say it was November – uh, er, let's call it early in the year. They took a couple of games from UNLV, so they're looking to bounce back. Uh, we'll get into some other things here in just a little bit. We want to tell you a little bit about Vegas Varsity, VegasVarsity.com. Unique Vegas merch um, and, and items from not only UNLV, uh, 
and the Golden Knights, uh, but the Raiders as well, and even even some pro even some programs in UNL or sorry in Las Vegas with the high schools. Um, Kyle over there at Vegas Varsity on Twitter has it all. Um, so be sure and stop over at his shop and don't forget to use VFP10 at checkout for an extra 10% off already amazingly priced merch. Um, Paula doesn't really want to talk about Robin Leonard and I don't know how you can avoid this story, which, which I don't know. Was it Sunday? Was it Sunday morning? I think it was. So I'm sitting at the table and I'm having coffee and I open my phone and I see that, you know, Robin Leonard is trending. And I'm like, oh, here we go. This will be good. What's going on now? Apparently, Robin Leonard puts on his Joe Exotic pants and he decides he's going to invest in a snake business of some kind, get involved with snakes, and has to file bankruptcy with his wife. And not only are the Golden Knights mentioned in all this, but I mean, it's just, it's just a terrible look. Apparently he has between 40 and $50 million in debt and they've been after him for a while. I mean, how do you avoid that? You just don't. I mean, this is not going to be a what's wrong with Robin Leonard thing here. This That's not what's going to happen here. It's just my question to everybody would, who, who can hear my voice would be, does Vegas break it off with Leonard because they don't want to deal with these these things that he does. He commit a crime. No, not technically. No. He didn't commit a crime. He didn't. Okay, but he makes the organization look poor. They make themselves look poor. Are you talking specifically about Robin Leonard? Mm-mm. Okay, so. My 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 thing, and I'm sure we'll get to talk about this more when uh, when when my lady here is feeling better because I don't know if you can hear this or not. She doesn't feel he commits a crime, which is okay to keep him around, I guess. I think that because of injuries and not being very productive on top of this. And because they have Logan Thompson and Hey, Aiden Hill over here, wait or waving his hand is playing pretty well. I think they're good. And you can get suitors for Leonard, even with this wackiness, even, even with this craziness of, of, of snakes. I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting because he would have snakes in the locker room you know, like freaking his teammates out and some of them not freaking out. But, and it was like, where did he get these snakes? Oh, I know a guy. Oh, you sure do. I mean, I I would say that you do, you know, I just think maybe it's best to kind of move on from him because the golden, the golden Knights don't need him. If they were, if the golden Knights were horrible, you know, if they had 15 wins on the year, you know, or 10 wins and they were, you know, looking at, a, a top 10 draft pick, I would say, okay, you know what? Let's, let's see what this guy still has after coming out, you know, after being out a whole year, two different types of surgeries, knee and shoulder at the same time, 
Uh, I, I mean, I would say sure, but I don't think they need him. I think that, you know, the Golden Knights can move on from Leonard. Um, and I believe we're going to move away from hockey talk. Uh, there is a couple of notes uh, that I might want to pass along. We are looking uh, to have a good friend, uh, a good friend of mine from the Twitter world. Uh, I don't know him, but we are going to we're going to talk Tony Cordasco um, from Locked on Vegas podcast does a daily podcast on the Golden Knights. We're looking to have him on next week. Uh, we've got some really, really cool stuff in the future. And um, 2023, new, you know, new year, new, new us. We're talking about this last week that we really want to have more guests on. So that's something that we're going to work on. So we hope you guys will stick with us for that. Um, don't forget about Manscaped. Um, the Weed Whacker and the Lawnmower can take care of your needs down south. So go to manscaped.com and use our code VFP at checkout for an extra 20% off plus for your free worldwide shipping. That's manscaped.com, uh, code VFP. So I, I've, been, I've been itching to get to this UNLV story. Um, stories, I should say. So running Rebels lose. They give, they give this game away. They give this game away to Colorado State, and they did it. It was just so heartbreaking. So Isaiah Stevens is a really, really good player for Colorado State. UNLV is up three with time running out, um, and Kevin Kruger chooses to not foul. Fouling would have put Stevens on the line or anybody on the line for two shots when they were down by three. So, uh, you know, what it does is, is it, it, it kind of shortens the game. It gives the opponent less of a chance to uh, come back. Kevin Kruger decides not to foul, which he defended up and down um, after the game and in the, in the day or two after. And Stevens makes a three to send it to overtime. Uh, UNLV up again late. Jordan McCabe, I believe, misses a foul shot that would have made it a three-point game, which would have sent it into double overtime after I tell you what happened. Uh, Stevens, Isaiah Stevens, same guy, comes down, and he hits the game winner with a couple seconds left. Um, uh, what, what would be the game winner? Uh, very, And then... A very puzzling play to me happened on the inbound play with a couple seconds left. I want to say the ball went to Keshawn Gilbert, and I don't remember exactly, but I want to say that it was they were trying to get it to Gilbert, and he was cutting across um, Colorado State's end of the court. It was between the lane and the half-court stripe, I believe. Um, and the ball goes off his foot, and that basically seals the game for Colorado State. I don't like that play. Um, I think with a couple seconds left, you're cutting across the court. You have a bad angle, especially for, you know, you, you got right-handed shooters. I, I, I don't like it. Um, and that costs UNLV the ball game. UNLV is 0-3 at home in the Mountain West and 1-4 overall. The victory against New Mexico in the pit um, was, I don't know how they did it. 
I'm not exactly sure how UNLV did this because they come out with such a spirited effort, you know, after the San Jose state loss, which was a bad loss. Okay. And the San Diego state loss, which is a good loss, I guess, if you want to call it that. And they beat New Mexico when New Mexico hadn't lost all year at home and is 15 and two, I think 16 and two, they just, they just beat San Diego state in, in San Diego. So I can't figure it out. Run rebels are going to tip here shortly. Um, nine o'clock hour time. Uh, it's a little bit early of a game in, in Logan, Utah against Utah state. So kind of hope for the best there. Um, the San Francisco loss was a bad loss, folks. I can't I can't tell you that enough. It's on the same level as the San Jose State loss because the teams and if you know if you're looking at Ken Palm, um, and you're looking at all the sites that have the metrics, the rankings of where the teams are, net net rankings. San Jose State and San Francisco are basically the same same team. I don't care that San Francisco beat Arizona State and took Gonzaga almost almost to defeat. They're like 116 or 118 in, in, in net rankings in Ken Palm. That's a bad loss. Someone messaged me on Twitter last weekend saying that it wasn't a bad loss. I don't know what I'm I don't know what I'm seeing versus what some people are seeing. Colorado State was a worse loss. Colorado State was a worse loss, if I could say it slower. Um, I think their ranking is like 130. UNLV needs to rattle off a whole bunch of victories here because the, I mean, we're five games in, you know, of a, of a 18 game conference schedule. It's time. It's time to start moving because UNLV needs to put up some victories. They need to move up the standings. They need to get in a better seating position for the tournament. Um, hopefully they get a key defender back. Um, hopefully UNLV does who's been out for a month. Uh, with with some kind of knee injury, uh, hurt it against Washington State, and it's funny because the second that he went out, UNLV hasn't really been the same. So they survive the Washington State game and then lose against San Francisco, and you know, I mean, here we are. Uh, UNLV needs to fix it for sure, no doubt about it. Um. Got to shout out the UNLV women's team basketball. They have won a whole bunch of games in a row. They're seventeen and two. I mean, Lindy LaRock has got it going on over there. You know, Mountain West champs last year, uh, NCAA tournament. You know, gave gave it all in the first round, and then um, to come back this year and do what they've done. Uh, big shout out to them. Um, you know, the Cox Pavilion where they play majority of their games is a really cozy little place, a couple thousand seats. I mean, it's a great place to watch a basketball game. I'd get out there, get out there to Thompson Mac and support your Runner Rebels as well because they really could use it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's let's check on the Golden Wife. Honey, how are you? Okay. She wants to go to bed, so we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, thanks for checking us out. Please subscribe uh, after you listen. We're on just about every major platform you can get your podcasts. And uh, the Golden Wife over there on Twitter and uh, at Vegas Fever Pod. 
uh, for me. Let's see. Talked about it all. Be sure and check out Inside the Rink. We will talk to you guys next week and uh, with, with our guest, Tony Cordasco. Hopefully, if everything goes well, everybody have a good night and bye-bye. <laughs>